Welcome to episode 20 of Talking Impact Investing, a podcast about impact investing, ESG factors, and sustainability in business. I'm your host, Matej Sushets. This episode features a conversation with Dr. Andrea Kudrin. Dr. Kudrin is an investment committee member of InvestEU Fund. The InvestEU program supports sustainable investment, innovation, and job creation in Europe. Dr. Kudrin is also director of Kintown. Kintown is a consulting and technology company that leverages data, artificial intelligence, and key indicators for high-performing and resilient organizations. She is also a member of International Research Center on AI under UNESCO, or in short, IRCIA, uh, which is providing coordination point for approaches to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals that make use of AI. In this episode, there are three main topics we dive deeper in. First, organizational resilience and four key pillars that Kintom uses it to assist their clients. Secondly, we'll dive deeper into the investments to achieve climate goals uh, with InvestEU. And thirdly, we talk about how AI might be able to help us achieve climate goals. Without further ado, let's dive right in. Dr. Kudrin, it's a pleasure to have you on our show. Thank you for the invitation. So to get us started, tell us more about your background, about your story, and how you got involved with the key topics of resilience and sustainability. So my background is actually in finance and uh, in the investment. And since my, I would say, the first days of working in this field, and this was more than three decades ago, um, I sensed that the world is too much aligned and seeking for the financial indicators like, you know, the profit or uh, the indicators that derive from the balance sheets and the income statement. And as we know, all this data is reflecting past. Nothing is reflecting what is future because this is something what did happen in the previous accounting uh, period. So for me, it was really life-changing when uh, I found the balance card and uh, had the pleasure to be in Harvard in 1999, uh, so many years ago for you. Um, and uh, the balance card was, I would say, uh, one of the first approaches that uh, a demand from the managers not only to focus on the finance, but as well as on the customers' internal processes, growth and people. And um, uh, seeing uh, when have used these models uh, really with different companies, with different business models, because that time I was uh, CFO of one big uh, holding group, uh, I have seen towards what amazing results such approach can lead. And um, in addition, uh, in 2007 and uh, 2008, when I was the first time uh, faced with the data, what are uh, the real circumstances of the expected climate change? I had the privilege to work with uh, uh, some people from the NASA Goddard Institute and with our climatologist, Dr. Luczka Kajfes-Bogatai here in Slovenia. She's the part of the IPCC. 
And um, the data really shocked me because that time it was not a lot of talk, neither about the the, the climate change and the sustainability was somewhere there, in particular like um, ECG, but it was like uh, something to have for the extra, to have a special department that is focusing on that because this is good for marketing and for the customers, but it was not out of the necessity. Well, uh, the data that I have receive, uh, received um, really indicated we have a short window of, of opportunity to do something and that our steps should be bold and, 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 and big. Um, so I launched a big research uh, for my PhD thesis. I had a privilege that Professor Kaplan from Harvard was my commenter. And um, I tested multiple um, worldwide global companies about if they can achieve sustainable performance um, in the time of the turbulences. This was very visionary in 2008 because there was no turbulences, you know, around us. Um, but therefore, I choose climate change as the potential turbulence that everybody can expect in the future. And was really surprised that the companies, even coming from Florida, where you are based, uh, start with the preparation, uh, not only for mitigation of the climate change, but in particular about adaptation to climate change already in the years around 2009, 2010, 2011. What does that mean? That they, they have moved the production from the coastal area of the Florida uh, towards the other parts of the United States. And the research lasted for eight years because it was longitudinal. Uh, I wanted, it was not like uh, seeking for some short, short terminism and uh, low hanging fruits, but I really wanted to see uh, how the business models and the company's approach evolved over the longer period. Unfortunately, it was not a few decades, but at least it was a few years. Um, but results um, in 2015-16 has really been, uh, for me, a big surprise because all the terminants that are uh, forecasting or the terminant, uh, determining the uh, resilience and the sustainable approach of the companies are deriving from people. So the people are really in the center of everything and unfortunately they are neglected in, in the, the, the most of the ways. So um, uh, to conclude this uh, long story of my career in the past uh, seven years, I'm um, still uh, engaged in, in the financial markets. I'm the investment committee member for InvestEU Fund, which is the largest uh, guarantee fund of European Commission, as well as um, uh, inspired by results of my PhD. I uh, founded a company and a research team that is exploring the diagnostic of the sustainable way of the managing people. And based on that, also forecasting the performance of the companies uh, for the future. And um, on the both um, um, ways of my um, current career, I must say that I'm very happy that um, there are uh, a little bit bolder moves uh, in the environment because um, it was a lot of greenwashing on the both sides. But now with implementation of the EU taxonomy, 
Um, the InvestEU is also the first fund within the Europe that is some kind of the sandbox for implementing the sustainability proofing and the EU taxonomy. Um, and this really gives me a hope because uh, the finance are extremely important investments as well, because the money is the carrot. Everybody needed the money. But uh, we have now the opportunity uh, not only to seek the sustainability, but to seek the sustainability aside the productivity and the competitiveness, because this is what we are uh, looking for. And um, sincerely said, these are the ingredients of the resilience and these are ingredients of the long term organizational or economy health. Absolutely. And maybe on the note of sustainably managing people and your role as a director of Kintown, uh, can you tell us more about what are some of the metrics you evaluate to help your clients to make that difference in their uh, management or HR policies and also the impact on the people? Here is not a short answer because it's a very complex tool. We identified four different pillars that are the most holistic or at least are providing some kind of the blood test over multiple things at the same time. Why was that our uh, aim? It was because the companies and the organizations are using several different uh, um, diagnostic or HR tools, but they are very narrow. And we took the person, so the employees, as really as holistic as possible. Um, to give you just one sta statement from the guru of the management, um, Peter Dracker, he said many decades ago that you cannot hire a hand, but the whole man is coming with it. So this is exactly our approach. We are not only looking what is happening in the workplace, but we also ask people about their life pulses. You know, for example, there the burnout stressors are not only on the workplace, but are also in the private life. So the risk if somebody will get the burnout depends when you really have the holistic picture of uh, each person. So from this perspective, we, we have identified that there are four pillars. Um, the first pillar is that you're a great employer and there we are measuring so-called employee experience that is really now well known. Um, second pillar is around uh, managing performance. Um, here beyond you can find the metrics is like engagement, motivation, uh, but uh, we also always balance or combine um, some related risks. So, for example, with the performance management, it is easy to optimize that the people are more engaged, that they are more motivated and that you are going towards better result. But the risk that we are measuring at the very same time is the overworked overload. With that, we try to uh, visually present to the managers that you need to optimize, you know, because as we are living in the limited uh, world with the li limited uh, time, with the limited amount of the resources. This is the same with the employees. You know, you cannot have them 12 hours, 18 hours per day, you know, on the job. They also need to fulfill their life with the other things. Um, the third pillar is uh, measuring or indicating the growth potential. Uh, here, what is extremely important is uh, 
what kind of the human potential are people bringing every day to the job? Uh, what is the team culture, the growth team culture, not only the normal team culture, because employee experience is anyhow indicating the culture within the organization because employee experience is how employees see through their eyes um, what the uh, culture is within the companies and organizations. Um, furthermore, we have embedded the emotions at workplace. This is quite new approach. Uh, some very interesting articles and researches has been published last year by the Harvard uh, Business School and the Review. Um, so based on these researches, the emotions at the workplace in the time of this uncertainty and turbulences are one of the best um, uh, potential uh, tools for the forecasting what will happen with the performance of the company. So for me, it is uh, amazingly interesting to see that the predominant uh, emotion in the past 12 months worldwide is fear. Uh, it was never before 19, uh, sorry, 2020, so before the COVID. Uh, but now, uh, really, the fear is uh, we didn't have any organization, any company that would not at least 50% of all participants, all employees, identified as the fear as the one of the predominant uh, emotions uh, on the workplace. And um, the fourth metrics under this pillar is um, also, I think, very innovative and very important. And uh, we do measure the capacity of the change of the people. So just to give you the example, um, everybody has operational work, everybody has business plans and some strategies, and they're fully absorbed and fully focused. But on the other side, we are living in the time of the turbulences and uncertainty. So it is not possible to expect that from all those people that are already overburdened, we would expect the creativity, innovativeness, and fast respond to some external uh, events that are happening outside of the organization. And this, again, is the blind spot within the, the companies that we try to uh, visually present to the management um, just to understand that you cannot do all with this um, group of the people that is within of the, of, uh, the companies. Um, and all these three pillars um, are... Um, grounded by the fourth pillar or the foundation, and this is the decent life of the people. Here, uh, we are measuring the personal energies, uh, which is also very well known in the United States, then the balanced life, um, but also fulfilled um, and, and life happiness. Um, our methodology here at this last metric is close to what uh, Berkeley um, um, is um, um, this methodology for the happiness in the life and the happiness uh, at the workplace. But um, because we our market is um, the whole world, uh, we wanted to do on the multiple of these metrics a step further, how to do to customize based on the different priorities or uh, different 
um, uh, lifestyle, you know, that is world uh, wide. So basically, we have upgraded all those methodologies by so-called prior pri prioritization selections. So to give you, for example, the example um, on the level of uh, this life fulfillment, we are asking um, participants to select only five among 25 the most important life aspects and values. And um, we can measure uh, what is the level of their satisfaction. And this is really indicating where they are, because for some people, money is important. For other people, money is not important. And here we can actually get uh, what is the um, situation with each person and the risks to leverage, again, also on the personal level, uh, the risks are related to the burnout resiliency because we selected that because the stress is not only the negative. The stress in the workplace is all around very high, but this is also the positive stimulus because we all need to distress to do the best out of us. So uh, the level beyond that are the stressors for the burnout. Of course, we would like to have as least as possible the stresses for the burnout at the workplace, but this still is not possible. So yes, the people, employees are facing the high level of the stressors, but if they do have um, so-called uh, um, um, adapters um, and resilience toward the stress, then the risk that they will actually have and face the burnout is then very low. So as you have seen, this is very holistically. So um, the final metrics um, that um, um, it is uh, comprising all this pers perspective is uh, so-called score of the long-term organizational health, uh, which is actually the true sustainable people leadership uh, because it's really comprising and interconnecting all different uh, aspects um, that are important for um, um, not only for leadership of the people, but also for, for the companies. And uh, thanks, of course, to the machine learning and to the AI, uh, based on this data, uh, we have uh, now developed also quite um, good uh, foresight tools uh, indicating uh, both what will happen uh, with the human capital uh, inside of the organization and what will happen with the overall resilience of the organization and of the company. Excellent. Thank you so much for this insightful answer. Uh, and I think it really is important to connect what you were saying before, how we have to be sustainable while maintaining profits and how you can make an impact here on people and increase productivity, essentially, but also their satisfaction and happiness uh, at workplace. Um, but the whole holistic approach is just uh, terrific and, and very interesting for me. It makes so much sense now that you've described it. Moving on, uh, staying on the note of profitability, finance, but also impact investing in ESG. Can you talk more about some of the um, conversations, perhaps, or initiatives that are going on uh, at Invest EU Fund right now? Uh, what are some of the areas you are most interested to invest into? What are some of the initiatives you see? Yes. So as the um, aside running the Quintaum, I'm also the member of the investment committee of Invest EU. Uh, Invest EU um, um, 
was built on a success of the uh, so-called European Fund for Strategic Investment um, that was uh, founded in uh, to, uh, in 2014 to crowd in private capital. Uh, because if you remember, it was a big investment gap during that period. And it was a lot of private capital available while the investments into the infrastructure, into the SMEs, into the research has really been blocked. So um, European Commission launched InvestEU as the risking uh, instrument. So basically, what does it mean? That with the guarantee of the Commission, the other financial institutions like the bank or the national promotional banks uh, can finance or can invest equity, for example, in the VC funds or the fund of funds um, with the awareness that the part of the risk is absorbed by the InvestEU guarantee already. So that was um, initially till 2020, but over in that period of the six years, uh, we align strategy really closer and closer towards the climate uh, goals. I can give you the example that, for example, at the beginning, the objective for reaching the climate target has been at the level of the SMEs only 2%. And for each operation that we receive, I pose the question, how is this possible that objective is only 2%? Because at the time when these companies will repay their debt, the environment will be completely different. So even the SMEs and even the small amounts of the financing or of the investments needs to calculate and abet the awareness of what is happening. Because this is not only for doing something good, but it is a question of the survival and in particular about the transition, because this transition is taking the time. And if we think that we can start investing and, and financing uh, someday later, and now we can still support the carbon industry and the business models that uh, are linked to the past, um, we are even more closing this short window that we still have uh, for reacting and many I would say of uh, the leaders in the finance and investment industry do think this will not happen in their timeline or in the lifetime of their children but unfortunately uh, this severe uh, weather and uh, severe effects of the climate change and in general about the uh, the, lim the limited resources of the planet um this general the umbrella of the different challenges are not so far away as uh, we thought so i'm glad to see that they are countries they are the banks that integrated uh, the investment policy that they are investing at the same time only to the investments that at the same time are following sustainability goals but at the same time also try to find um, the solution for the productivity and of course productivity also demands the innovation because without that you cannot be competitive and 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 this I think is the right formula because um, otherwise we cannot now say uh, to do something for the better world and we are still running uh, the business towards the the old and the bad uh, and and the world that cannot survive.
Excellent. And you've mentioned even before the importance of artificial intelligence and, and how digitalization might be able to help drive sustainability. What are you most excited in these fields and how do you see them connect towards sustainable development uh, and helping us achieve this goal of you know combating the uh, climate crisis? Okay, to be very honest, I'm not excited either about the digitalization, either AI. I'm um, the person that not I, I cannot frame that I do not understand the whole scope. I'm even uh, more that, that I know about that more I'm afraid because this is beyond our reach. So um, if I leave behind my fears and observation, I would say that uh, what I'm slightly exciting about the AI is to come with the fa- fa- findings that we as the humans has not been able to detect because the things are so interconnected, so complex and so holistic that I think that a lot of innovations in the past has not been done on the best way because we have only observed or have seen the outer layers of the systems and of the things, but we didn't understand the interconnections, the cause and effect uh, between multiple things. So basically, I would assume that one day the AI, and that can be very fast, would come with that. But then also the singularity posed the question, where is then the human? Because um, we humans are somehow the parasites of this planet. We are destroying it, We are, if we are very honest, you know. So let's see how then the AI will decide at that moment. But this is half of the joke you know but we need to be aware about this aspect as well but sincerely said i think that everybody should consider and to know about the ai uh, ai is not for the scientist this can change the, the dentist business you know and i really like the model that the finland has a few years ago uh, their objective has been that one percent of the whole population regardless of the profession and of the background would be familiar with the ai and would think how ai will affect their business or their la- daily life because this is again another transition towards we need to head on like we discussed in with the previous uh, topic about the climate change and this green transition also this is another transition and it is not easy to change the way how we are doing and working uh with the solutions that will be available so uh the third aspect is that there the ai uh, will have a big effect uh, for the sustainability as well. Um, I'm the member of the International Research Center on Artificial Intelligence um, under UNESCO. And each year uh, we are selecting the top 100 projects worldwide for the AI. And this year I have received 10 projects for the assessment and half of them has been related to the um, uh, to the green taxonomy, climate change taxonomy. So everybody who is dealing with uh, this taxonomy would understand that it's very complicated and it would demand a lot, lot of money and resources out of the companies. So if that would be possible to substitute with the AI, that would be perfect because you will get then some results um, that would the first to be comparable, 
somehow would be checked and it would be much more effective and most probably with much lower price than uh, if all those things will be performed by the banks or by the agencies or other institutions. Um, secondly, uh, in this regard is also that uh, digitalization can really help us to optimize uh, the resources and, and the things, how we are doing the things, uh, how we are um, um, fueling our business models because they are not sustainable. So based on the data, we can take much better decision making. Uh, similarly, what we discussed with the Quintown that is providing the data for the people, we need also data for the resources. We need data for the uh, CO2 emissions, uh, a lot of things. So based on that, um, I think that uh, the both the digitalization as itself, but also in particular, the AI with the machine learning can support us to do uh, faster uh, to do better decisions and not to be trapped like we are many times in our development only if you think about uh, making the fuel from the corn uh, and, and similar you know most probably uh, well-minded uh, steps from um, the industry and as us as the humanity but they have been completely wrong you know so uh, hopefully that this will uh, enable that uh, a lot of regulation and the restrictions will be able to be handled uh, much uh, in the shortened time and easier, but on the other side that we will get the better uh, data for our decision making. Dr. Kadreen, uh, in the interest of time, I would like to thank you so much for joining Talking Impact Investing today. Uh, we'll be leaving in the podcast description the links to uh, Quintown website and InvestEU for those that uh, want to have a deep dive into it and learn more about it. Um, but again, this has been a, such an insightful conversation, learning uh, about your thoughts and how important and how embedded sustainability is into all aspects of business and innovation. Uh, so thank you for your time today. Thank you for your interest about this topic, very important topic, and uh, thank you for invitation. Thank you for staying with us until the very end. You can stay up to date with the upcoming episodes by subscribing. And if you found any useful information, feel free to leave a five-star review and follow Talking Impact Investing Podcast on social media.